Welcome to the Eat Scripture Podcast. This is Eric and Gina Robinson, and we are in the middle of the Gospel of Luke, yep. doing a Bible study, mm-hmm. and would love for y'all to join us. Yeah, really glad you're here. Really glad for all of you who join us on a regular basis, and if you want to send us a note or let us know, you know, how we're doing, you can certainly go to our website eatscripture.com find a place to send us a little contact there um, write us something we'd be happy to correspond with you or just you know share it on social media or whatever if you get something out of it great if you want to share it with a friend that's fantastic we appreciate all of that just like hearing from you and love knowing that you love the bible too i mean just the word is so great and so getting into it is fantastic and we'd love to be able to do this so if you haven't gotten into luke before this is one way that we're trying to give a good chance uh, to do that we're really walking through it and just kind of watching verse by verse as luke unpacks several themes and different things that he's doing we're going to get into some more of that today as we look into luke especially Luke 8 verse 19 and following now yes. that we're reaching. I'm excited about this part. I'm always excited once I start <laughs> studying and I get, yep. you know, I'm excited to get on here and kind of mm-hmm. speak it. So. Oh, I agree. I agree because you just don't realize how much mm-hmm. is going to be packed into some small portion of scripture until you There's start. so much. We, we're not even touching the no. depths of what's in here no so. definitely not so just just the little bit that we're doing here hopefully will spur you on to keep going even mm-hmm. further and to let some passages roll around in your head for a while yeah. and uh, just let god do with them whatever he wants yeah. so having said all that let's jump in to okay. i think eight nineteen and following we'll start with eight nineteen through twenty one i think maybe we'll just read through that those short three yeah. verses and then discuss that a little bit i do want to put a little plug in for reading out loud uh-huh. um just we read these scriptures usually when we're doing this bible study on this podcast and mm-hmm. um because I, we don't know you may be in the car where you can't get your bible out and read right now mm-hmm. or whatever but I would just encourage you to go home and read these passages out loud. Yes. Because it really changes everything to hear them, even if you're by yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if you're by yourself, that's the weird part is that it really does. Because you hear things that you don't hear when you're just reading over it silently. Mm -hmm. And And you might not realize it, but the ancient Jews and the ancient church fathers too, it it was several centuries into uh, Christianity after you know uh, after Jesus had already been on earth died rose again several centuries into Christianity before even the church fathers and those around them started reading the scriptures silently right. to themselves that was not a thing I mean well you, and most of them didn't have the scriptures to it. carry around like we do right so they Absolutely. could do that they didn't. so um, and so when it was read it was read out loud and ancient Jews even if they were alone were muttering the words mm-hmm. as they were reading along the scroll mm-hmm. and so um, you didn't just read silently that wasn't a thing um, God's word was meant to be spoken okay. so that's what you did well I just wanted to kind of put that little plug in there because mm-hmm. I was just reminded this week of how transformative that yes. is so really I wanted is. to encourage you to do that so awesome okay So we'll start with some reading here in Luke chapter 8, verse 19 through 21. 
Then his mother and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, Your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered them, My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Okay. Just a very short little yes. vignette, we might call it. Or but it I think be, really whatever. important here, we were just talking about before we started this, about what what it's doing here right this seems to be a connector it mm-hmm. kind of goes with the passages before it yeah but it also very much goes with these passages we're heading into mm-hmm. it does and so it sits there kind of in between it has that connection of hearing because that seems to be the big important verse what jesus says there at the end 21 his mother and his brothers are standing outside it says here desiring to see you now we're told in mark that they come because they think he's lost his mind. That's what it actually right. says in Mark. But Mark doesn't, or Luke doesn't go into no. that little deal. But they are here, and they would like to see him. And so they're standing outside. Now that's an indicator right. in both Matthew and Mark, and I think in Luke too, to some degree, although maybe not to the same degree as Matthew and Mark. But if you're outside versus inside, that's a big deal. Where are you going to be? Are you going to find yourself outside, or are you going to be inside with Jesus? And so here Jesus is on the inside with those around him. And he says, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Now, he's he's implying that those who are close to me, those who are listening to me, those who are paying attention to what I say. And so we've got that aspect of the story at work. And I, I don't he's think really you, redefining family here. Yeah, exactly. He is. You're my family. He's redefining family. That's a giant piece of this puzzle, yeah. Whereas in a Jewish context, it would be a very strange and odd thing to uh, put anyone above your blood relation here, especially your mother or father, my goodness. I know. But here Jesus is saying, who are my mother and my brothers? They're the ones who hear the word of God and do it. Oh, he has. He just redefined family for us right here. The real family, the real ones who are close to me, are those who hear the word and God and do it. Word of God and do it. And that would include that you, I think he would love if his mother and brothers right. were a part of that. He's not trying to exclude them. He's just trying to say there's something deeper even than the blood relationships that right. we have in life. Right. And so us thinking about that, I think, is very important because we're trying to get a picture of what it really means to be a part of Jesus's body. Who are these people that I'm associated with in Jesus? Are they just my my friends, my acquaintances, some people I know on occasion when I see them in a in a certain building in my community? Yeah. And you know, it should be more than uh, that. It should be more. It should be more. It has to be more, right? And that's really kind of what the so the, so I'm leading into this next yeah. section kind of, is kind of on my mind too, and, and kind of connecting to the story before it too, mm-hmm. the stories before it, the parable, the response that we have to uh, Jesus' teaching is crucial, and he's saying that again here. The response to how you respond to the word of God, mm-hmm. you hear it. Yeah. Uh, is crucial to oh, yeah. who you are, even. I mean, there's been a lot of uh, questioning about the identity of Jesus, mm-hmm. but this is also our identity being oh, defined yeah. here. Without as question, well. right? Yeah. Very much gets to the heart of our identity. Who we are is going to determine how we fall in this thing. Mm-hmm. 
you know, whether or not we're really listening, really paying attention will mean whether or not we're, we're his, whether or not we're part of the family. So he sets this up. He, he's following on, like you said, the heels of what we've heard before, where we're hearing a lot about hearing mm-hmm. <laughs> just now in these last two things, these parable and this, hey, if you got ears mm-hmm. here, you better hear, which right. means be careful you. how you hear. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then be careful how you hear. Yep. Same thing. And then he has this little thing, which ends with those who hear the word of God and do it. So we're, we're connected to that. We're connected to what we just heard, but we're also connected to what's about to come up here because we got, we got some people who are getting a chance to, to get involved with Jesus or not to be full in or to be be scared or afraid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So really kind of sits as a transition point for us. Great little story. So let's get on into that next story, which starts in verse 22 and kind of watch it work. One day he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they set out and as they sailed, he fell asleep and a windstorm came down on the lake and they were filling with water and were in danger. And they went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're perishing. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased. And there was a calm. He said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid. And they marveled, saying to one another, Who then is this, that he commands even winds and water, and they obey him? End of story. Okay, so they're asking the question. This big moment has arrived, but then we get no answer to that question at the end. We just see them totally trying to grapple with what in the world is going on? Mm -hmm. Who is this guy? How can all this be happening? Yes. And didn't they ask that at the end of um, the other nature miracle? I believe. I'm just now. Mm -hmm. A a storm miracle, which is in. Uh, I can't remember exactly where it is in Luke, but uh, five. Okay, uh, five. Five one through eleven. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, that was when they were. Yeah, when he was calling the disciples there and had brought so many fish out of the sea um, in the nets and so forth. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of that was the first nature miracle. This mm-hmm. is the second. Yeah. Um, I don't guess they ask. They're not who asking that direct in question, fact, but the implication, of course, right. is that he's somebody beyond what they're. Right. They're totally shocked. I just can't remember if they asked that question. Okay. Okay. And so, very interesting how he continues. They're, they're continuing to come into contact with these super inexplicable things that are happening through Jesus, and here they've got him, just like calling to the storm, speaking. Not calling to it. I mean, really rebuking the storm yeah. is what it says, which is a really it. interesting word to Just like he rebuked the use. demons and he rebuked uh, Peter's mother-in-law's Yes, illness. exactly. Uh, He's actually rebuking demons in 435 and 441. He rebukes in that very same context, like you're saying, Peter's mother-in-law's illness. And 
So when he uses the word rebuke here, there's a question around. Well, is this maybe even this storm has some kind of demonic origin?、Mm, yeah. Maybe there are demons who are trying to work against Jesus here. But Jesus is not doesn't seem the least bit afraid of him. That's the whole point. He's asleep. Right. Whatever、He's、it totally is, he has authority. Yes, he has full authority. You know, we're gonna that comes through loud and clear. Very much so. The beauty of this story is really wrapped up in that. Even if we go to Psalm 107, especially verses 23 through 32,、um, we have something that sounds remarkably interesting to what's happening here. Would you like to read that for us? This、sure. is Psalm 107, 23 through 32. Some went down to the sea in ships, doing business on the great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, His wondrous works in the deep. For he commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven; they went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in their evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunken men, and were at their wits' end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. And they were glad that the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. Let them extol him in the congregation of the people, and praise him in the assembly of the elders. So it's a psalm that has this piece about how God has—he's brought this great storm on the sea. In the、right. psalm, it's God who、right. did it. But he also then rebukes the storm or stops the storm that he、uh, has brought on on these fishermen.、Right. These fishermen were completely terrified, and yet after God, they cry out to God,、mm-hmm. and then after God works on their behalf to still it, they give themselves over to Him and raise up、yes. praises and、uh, offer sacrifices. This kind of thing. So they've turned their lives even closer to Him because of、like、what the they've、story. experienced.、It's、so like yes, they had to have read that and gone, oh. Yeah. Wait a minute. Our story's right here. Yeah, I can't imagine the disciples weren't here in the connections as time went on, and they thought about Psalm 107. They were like, "Oh, that, that's that was us. We experienced that. We know what that was like." I like that、um, in verse 24 at the end. After the waves,、um, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased. And then it says, "And there was a calm."、Mm-hmm. I don't know. That just, I really love that. And, yeah.、Um, yeah. And then it's interesting to me that they are afraid after. Mm-hmm. Right.、Uh, you know, I know they were afraid before, although it doesn't say that. It just、word. doesn't use that word though until after twenty-five is when he uses that word. Which so really what in in twenty-five what they're afraid of is that they've encountered this powerful <laughs> God. Yeah, exactly. They don't know what to do with that. I mean, it's it's what I'm sure they hoped for but never expected. Yes.、And You think you hope for it until you're right、okay. there with it, then you're like, "Whoa, now I'm, now I'm scared." Yeah, exactly. What do What do we do、and、with I think this? When I was reading it, I also kind of felt like it was like almost a mini、uh, Exodus story.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, that they are scared. They need to trust him to be able to get through this.、Mm-hmm. He calms the sea, as it、yeah. were. There's a chance they're going to die in the sea.、Right. That's what they feel like、right. in the Exodus. He gives them passage, the safe yep. passage, yep. and、um, then they come out and 
they're amazed mm-hmm. and yeah. are asking, who in the world is this, God? Yes. We didn't know this could happen. Yeah. And so it just has a little bit of reminders there. Mm-hmm. For it. sure. I think that's in here. But Definitely. I think their fear here is huge. Yeah. The fear is huge because Jesus is, verse 23, he fell asleep. He fell asleep and he stays asleep even during the storm. They have to wake him, verse 24. Master, master, we're perishing. Jesus, after he rebukes the waves and the sea, and then there's this calm, his first question to them is, where is your faith? What he means is, really? I mean, God is doing something in us. He's doing something in me. Don't you know who I am? He's doing something in you. (laughs) There shouldn't be a problem. You guys, a big storm comes. Okay, it's a big storm, but really... Where's your faith? God has been keeping us this whole time. He has a plan that he's accomplishing. And so, think of all the miracles they've just been watching. Right. And yeah, exactly. And so trust that God knows exactly what he's doing. He's not going to let us he's not going to let us fall before we've accomplished whatever purpose he's got for us. And so don't worry about the whole perishing part. He knows what he's doing. That's a that's a beautiful piece of, of maybe the the beautiful piece maybe um, that we're supposed to get out of this is to to learn God's ways and to put our trust in Him has everything to do with being faithful even during times of storms even during times of when we feel like we might be prone to feel like oh my gosh everything is going crazy there's no way we'll get through this then Jesus is telling us hey hey. Where's your faith? You know, listen, God's got this. He's not, he's going to make sure his plan comes to a proper conclusion. You don't have to worry. So this feels like an intensifying of, um, again, they're questioning who he is because now it's Mm -hmm. bigger. Yeah. Okay. They believe he's the one to follow, but now it's gotten even bigger Mm -hmm. and also an intensifying of the faith that they need to, um, in order to really be a part of this plan, right. maybe. Because yeah. his authority has just gotten bigger, too. Yeah. They need bigger faith. Everything is getting bigger. Mm-hmm. It feels yeah. like. It does. I agree. So, really beautiful. As we keep going now, I think it'll be good to keep... The, we're we're going to have to keep this in mind because he's going to build on it some more. But what was Jesus having all this great authority over even the natural world, over storms and stuff? He can just repeat and tell him to stop. Yes. And then their response. So now we're going to build a little more on that. And you're going to have more chances to respond to Jesus' power and authority. Verse 26 and following. Then they sailed to the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. When Jesus had stepped out on land, there met him a man from the city who had demons. For a long time he had worn no clothes and had not lived in a house but among the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me for he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many a time it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demons into the desert. Jesus then asked him, What's your name? And he said, Legion, for many demons had uh, entered him. And they began 
or, uh, sorry, and they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. Now, a large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demon came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and drowned. When the herdsmen saw what had happened, they fled and uh, told it in the city and in the country. Then people went out to see what had happened. And they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it told them how the demon-possessed man had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked him to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away, proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. Hmm. <coughs> I just think this story is fantastic. It's one of my favorites, probably. Um, this way that Jesus comes and arrives here on the seashore and then is met by this man who's there in the tombs in this tomb area is interesting in itself you've already made a connection uh to what was happening in that last story and i don't know if you've made it on our podcast yet but you've made it to me um i can't remember if you said it a moment ago or not that there's kind of a an exodus sounding Mm -hmm. thing going on um And I think that that's true. I think the way these two passages go together does have some underlying Exodus tone. Yeah, there's so Um, many layers in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's just one of them where the people of God who'd been rescued thought they were about to die in the sea. And then he makes a way for them Mm -hmm. to not die in the sea. And then in this passage, what we've got is evil, pure evil that is here by the seashore is going to wind up dying i mean we're being very you know these demons aren't really dead yet there's going to be they're going to but ultimately they mm-hmm. they've met their match and they're they're right. gone um and so that's coming out that the evil is going to drown in the sea which is what happened in the exodus right. the, the evil that was following god's people the, the armies of pharaohs yep exactly so so there are those connections which is to say about jesus oh look he's a new moses he leads his people across the sea um without perishing and yet the evil it it dies in the sea uh at his command Mm -hmm. and so yeah all the implications of that exodus story are here Mm -hmm. as well right Um, which are huge (laughs) yeah yeah to say the least all right so whenever we're watching this passage though now we've got this you know matthew talks about two demoniacs mark and luke only talk about one and i think getting well, caught matthew up in that matthew kind of has double vision yeah does. exactly you could just say matthew has he does that a few times we right. don't have two instead of one and that's just a part a of reason, his literary right. style in my opinion but i'm perfectly happy for there to be two two really there and Mark and Luke to only focus on one that doesn't bother right. me at all but either way we're getting the points we're getting from this are very much 
similar and need to be seen for you know uh, as telling saying something about faith saying something about Jesus that's where we're really being driven by all of these um, so here we see this demoniac he's this man in verse 27 who's from the city but he has demons and for a long time he's not been wearing clothes he's been naked he's lived out uh not lived in a house he's but living out in the tombs, the tombs. yeah yes. in a cemetery I mean, yeah this is terrible he's isolated from everyone mm-hmm. um this seems to be in gentile territory mm-hmm, definitely um, and we know that because of the pigs mm-hmm. it's just there's there's this giant herd of pigs out here who in the world is tending pigs right if not gentiles it wouldn't like, be in a Jews jewish are not territory be. yeah right so that's what so that's one of the things we know it's in the decapolis area which is where uh the city of garasa would be and so the these people who live in this area and this man now they have tried to bind this and you can imagine they know all about this guy Mm -hmm, he's crazy and he's running around naked Mm -hmm. and i mean they've had they've been keeping him under guard sometimes in verse 29 binding him with chains and shackles it's just that he breaks the bonds and then gets driven by this demon out in the wilderness you know um, the, this demon it's demons and that's right. the big point of this passage we do not get the names of demons in no. the new testament as a matter of fact this is it right this is the one time we get the name of some demon and it means and many that, and yeah and it means a whole bunch yeah. it means a ton of, it's even uh, a, a big plurality kind of a military term right for a yes group of, a troop giant troops giant well more, yeah except more than a troop yeah but a giant like you know much bigger than a squadron or much bigger than a you know whatever right. you want to uh, uh, call it and so a legion we're really talking about around 2000 ish roman soldiers is what we might be talking about right. somewhere in that range it can kind of varied but we're talking about in the thousands we're talking about in the low you know low thousands area and but we're so, seeing but this is a war the war is on. That's what we're really seeing. And it's there you Jesus go. Using the military language. Being far outnumbered. Yes. Being it's as if there's a war going on and Jesus, the great great warrior slash general of God, has shown up but is greatly outnumbered by enemy forces. Right. And yet it's not even a thing. I mean, it's that's the, the beauty of this passage is that he doesn't have to do anything except use his voice to completely command them about how things are going to go. And they're begging him for mercy from the word go. Yes. The guy runs First up to First of all, Jesus. they know who he is. So we've been having this question about identity all through yeah. here and other people wondering who in the world. Who is this? That's right. We just saw that mm-hmm. by the disciples themselves. Who then is this? That happened in verse 25. And John had asked back this? just a few stories ago, are you the one? Because mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like it. Yeah. So there's this ongoing theme of Jesus' identity, but this demon, these demons know him. Right off the bat, they run up to Jesus, verse 28, and say, What do you have to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. First of all, they know who he is, Jesus, Son of the Most High God. They got that down. They're falling so down not before even him. a question about his identity. And then they're saying, please don't torment me. They're right. begging. Begging, begging right. for mercy 
from the moment they see it. There's not even a chance that they're going to try and fight this, fight Jesus. They're just begging for his mercy. Right. That's huge, huge. We're talking about a plurality of demons. We've seen him cast one at a time out of people already. Right. But this is... But here we've got a big array of demons. That talk have, about intensification. Yes. And, and they've given a man so much strength that he can break shackles off. Mm-hmm. And yet they are scared to death of what yeah. Jesus... And they're just begging him them. not to throw them, throw them into the abyss. Right. They know what he's going to capable of doing. Right. This is a giant lesson for us about who we're really following and what it means to be. Right. I mean, Jesus has all the authority. He has all the authority. As I say voice. a lot, as we're going through Luke, uh, Jesus can be trusted. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at this. He is proving he can be trusted with anything. He's yes. bigger than the storms. He's bigger than these demons. He's yes. He's everything. Yes. So they're begging him that they not not be made to go to the abyss, even, um, which the abyss is used several times in the New Testament, mostly by far in Revelation, by far. When I say several times, I mean like 11 and like nine of those are in Revelation. Um, But we're, you, what we're seeing is this place where demons reside that can't be, I mean, can't be good. It's got nothing but evil in it. It's nothing but, you know. We've seen the movies. Yeah. Exactly. The abyss isn't good. And they do not want to go there. <laughs> and so... But he gave them permission. They had to have permission... Yeah, they need his to permission. ...to go into the pigs. Yes. And they they would rather them. go into these pigs than to and yeah, the abyss. Be forced to the abyss, which they know he has the power to do, mm-hmm. obviously. And so he does give them permission is the crazy part. He actually gives them permission to go into the pigs. Now, in verse 33, as soon as they do that, the pigs rush down the steep bank into the lake and drown, it says. This would be the Lake of Galilee, the Sea of Galilee, the Lake of Gennesaret, as it was also called. But that's they're rushing down the bank and drowning themselves. Now, did the demons force them to do that? Or were the pigs like, oh, I can't stand this as soon as the demons got in them and rushed down the bank? Either way, either way, what we have is a picture of the ultimate, kind of a symbolic picture of the ultimate doing away with the demons. I mean, that's what this is just a... a, And that demons will always bring about destruction, death and destruction. That's their whole aim. Yep. Uh, So. For sure. Oh my, we've run out of time. We have, we have. <laughs> We're going to have to stop here, but we'll pick That's this okay, up That's okay, because time. this this whole section continues mm-hmm. and it goes together, so it's okay for us to yeah, stop to break here. here. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a really, really interesting part of this story just about to come up, because now we're going to see how the people the response to what they hear right. that Jesus has been doing. Which yeah. we know from what we've read before, the response to what Jesus is doing yeah. is the important thing. Is the thing. important thing, yeah. And exactly, so, how are you going to respond to what he's doing? Okay. okay, great to talk to y'all. Really enjoying going through Luke here, and we will pick up here in this story. You'll be back soon. Hope all you guys are having a great week. God bless.